0: The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com We have had so many great episodes with the best of the best the engine building world we've got another one coming at you shaver specialties racing engines ron shaver going to be our guest along with my co-host lake speed junior lake we got another one that is going to be like a blast from the past for you one of your racing engine building mentors
1: oh yeah i mean i i have the t-shirt I'm actually wearing my Shaver specialties t-shirt right now this is where you know i got my start really I mean, we talked about before you know mark cronquist and at gibbs being able to you know work on the cup stuff and and do a lot of theoretical stuff but you know ron and all the guys there at Shaver specialties they're the ones that really opened the doors and welcomed me in treated me just like family Uh, and allowed me to do all kinds of crazy stuff on, on the engine dyno back there where we learned so much stuff, you know, especially on that, you know, at Joe Gibbs driven uh, developing the oils and stuff. All that was done, you know, right there at Shaver specialties. And so this is, yeah, this episode is very near and dear to my heart to be able to let Ron be able to kind of share with the hidden horsepower listeners, you know, so much of the wisdom and experience he has because, you know, he's, shared it with me and made me a better person because of it. And
0: speaking of sharing, all you listeners out there, we encourage you to share this show with your friends. You know if they'll like it. Gearheads, engine guys, people on the quest for knowledge. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, SoundCloud, and subscribe, of course, because we've always got new episodes coming out. So without further ado, from Shaver Specialties Racing Engines, Mr. Ron Shaver. Ron, what do you think about what Lake just had to say?
2: well he, he uh he did he did he kind of barged into the shop and uh and uh took it <laughs> over um it it was uh, you know I thought he was crazy but we we worked on the oil and we worked uh he we built him a little engine so he could run and taught him how to run the dyno and let him have at it and uh now now you've got driven oil it's great oil and uh and we were real happy to be part of it
0: so let's uh, let's start at the beginning, though. I always like to get a little background from our guests mm-hmm. in that, uh, you know, how did you get here? What was the beginning? I understand that your dad, World War II veteran and a machinist, yeah. and that, that clearly gave you the bug, or at least the interest to be involved.
2: Yeah, you know, it was just a... A kid, when I started, I laying on the beach, you know, we live at the beach and surfing and, and my dad didn't uh, like that. So I went to work for him and um, he, he had a, a company that he worked for, Joe Hunt Magnetos. So it's an old company and his son, Tom, saw that I was building these engines and he, he wanted one. So he actually got me involved in sprint cars. Um, I didn't even know what a sprint car was in 1975, but um, he taught me everything I know about that, and he got me involved with the right people, which makes a big difference in the sport, and uh, that's how we got started. Um, so, we started in a small place in my dad's shop, and we had an engine dyno and a few machines, and it kind of grew into a 16,000-foot building, and, and two dynos, and Spintrons, and you know, thirty people, and it it's, uh, got a little out of hand for me. But um, that's where we are today. Um, we've done so much and learned so much about sprint car racing. You know, we were the first to use the the aluminum block, and <clears throat> I'll never forget uh, Edis, uh, Ed Ed uh, Donovan came down out of the. We had won the feature at Ascot. He he stuck a $100 bill in my pocket and a $100 bill in Dean's pocket and a $100 bill in Bruce Balmy's pocket and said, from now on, kids, that's going to be a shaver Donovan. So that's how the Donovan block was born. So I guess we kind of helped uh, that uh, situation. Um, We were using a Chevy block that had bullet holes and everything else in it, but uh, he fixed it for us. And... That's all you see today are Donovan blocks and sprint car racing.
0: Amazing. um, You're an innovator. Uh, Just one other point of note that Lake mentioned to me, because uh, all of us, I think, that are involved in the car culture or certainly uh, respect the California car culture, like to swing through an In-N-Out Burger. And I understand that there's a connection from your family to In-N-Out Burger. Share that with us.
2: Yeah, that uh that's a french fry cutter. Um most all the sprint car racers have them. They, they see it and they want them, but it, it's basically a <clears throat> a manual machine that you you push a potato through and it makes a french fry. And that was my grandfather's uh thing. He started that in 1936. And um and we're still making them today. We still make them by the ton. And um there's lots of components with them, so there's so many of them out there we sell so many, you know, because it's where it wears out. We, we, we sell tons of parts. So that's, that's still going in the same shop. And then we, we build hydraulic lifters for comp cams also in the same shop. And uh, then the engine shop is on the other side. So um, that's kind of what we do now. We build lifters and ship potato cutters and, and uh, racing engines. (laughs)
0: <laughs> a diverse a very diverse uh customer clientele
2: yeah very diverse so you have to be a little bit so you go in there and you put your engine shop hat on and then five minutes later you got your uh, potato cutter hat on and then uh um then the uh, lifters same thing it just uh it's always it's a never-ending battle you know i'm getting a little old i'm 71 now and it's getting harder to do, but um, I still enjoy it.
0: Lake, jump in here.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it is. It is. A, it's a fun place. It's a. It's a really
1: cool shop. You know, it's my favorite place to go work and Dino. And you know, like I said, you know, Ron. Uh, he said I've kind of barged in. I probably did. You know, the, he did. They. They taught me how to run the Dino, and we started off with the, the fruit. You know, water break Dino. and, and then a couple of years ago, you know, Ron got. Uh, really stepped up and and got a uh, Black Widow, you know, dyno from um, uh, Superflow. This got the dual servos on it, and that's a really nice dyno. It's all automated, and we we with the testing we were doing uh, on the oil stuff. I mean, we ran that thing <laughs> you know all day, every day for we put two hundred and fifty dyno hits on an engine in a week, pretty easy, and go through. Right. Yeah, you know, you know, doing wear testing, swapping two camshafts a day in and out of the engine. So between me and Don and Ron and Dan and Keith and all the guys who we were, you know, hard at it. And we got that, that, that dyno running so well and got all the bugs worked out in it. You know, obviously one time about killed Ron, but you know, but we, we, we got everything worked out and got the thing running really good. And, and because you know, where the shop is in, in Torrance, California, you know, that we're, not far from the beach, you know, the weather there is so great that the repeatability on that that dyno, especially with that little mule engine we've got there, was just incredible. It's, yeah, you've never seen anything repeat like that. You can sit there and run, you know, twenty four sweep tests in a two hour period of time, and you know the run number five and run number
2: twenty are
1: within a couple of tenths of each other. Which for a water break yeah. I know that's just unheard of, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is it 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 that's an amazing engine. you know the guys they can change a camshaft. I watched them do it. they can change a camshaft in ten minutes, you know and and it has I mean, we wore the cam bearings out in one of them and and we
1: yeah.
2: I, I, that engine is phenomenal that it's still running. But, you know, it doesn't make a lot of horsepower, about 450, but it always makes 450, and he really learned, because the engine was so consistent, what he was doing with the oil. And then, of course, he started a, uh, another business that, that checks the oil, so now we can see what's in the oil. Um, he's definitely, definitely a, a leader in the oil department. I, I worked with a lot of people over the years, Mark Mitchell from Penn's Oil and, and nobody ever covered oil as heavy as, as Lake does.
0: How did so, he almost? Um, how did he almost kill you?
2: I don't know which time. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know,
1: new the, dyno the, when the when the uh, flywheel about came off. Oh, the yeah. Wood. Oh, yeah. We
2: we had an defective uh, installation on the uh, drive shaft. And I walked in there to look at it. And I I I saw it was coming loose, and, and I got him to shut it off. But it it was probably three three more rounds and it hit me. So, yeah, that was close. That was, uh, was close. Yeah, there's been a lot of close ones. We 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 do a lot of blowing engines and stuff. And one day we we had an explosion, major explosion. It blew all four doors off of the dyno, and um. So I could tell you stories forever about the dyno. It's a, it, you know, you run two engines a day, so there's a lot of engines going through there, and uh, it, it's it's hard to believe all the stuff that we get away with and not get hurt. So, but yeah, so that's pretty much what we still do every day. But you know, we we you know lately Lake has been into rings, so we're 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 starting on a project there i mean i've learned a lot about rings over the period of time because the donovan used a ductile sleeve and we had to find something that was compatible with it um and we've done that uh, with the help of uh, the moriartys and and guys like that i mean we we were with joe when joe was in jersey so it's been a long he's been a long road for both of us yeah, the thing
1: is when we, we we when I first came there, you know, working and we started on the engine, yeah. you know, we started off, you know, as though Molly rings and stuff and you guys are doing the sprint car stuff and been running total seal gapless rings and the sprint car stuff probably, bef- probably you know, before I was even born. <laughs> you
2: know,
1: you know an up. interesting
2: story, you know, we, we actually went to that ring because the guys in the field were checking the engines and they're always giving me weird numbers, you know, and I so when I went to the total seal ring, I, I actually went to it for a different reason other than performance. I, I went to it because it was consistently good leak down, you know, so I could tell if they had a problem. And um, then we started seeing performance gains. And then when we went to skinny rings and uh, a little bit rougher bore, we, we saw some huge gains in, in vacuum. It's, it's nothing for us to pull 17 inches of vacuum with a total seal ring and still have 8 or 10 inches at 8,000, which is unheard of. I mean, five years ago, you couldn't do that. Um, and it's all ring technology and, uh, and uh, you know, a little bit piston, but mostly ring. And uh, what we're doing with the piston, piston uh, uh, ceiling and how we do it. So, in other words, there's four or five ways to put the rings in there, so the the, top, the higher you get them in the bore, the better it is. But you've got a valve pocket in the way, and so you've got to you know figure it out. And uh, this new ring is really pretty good. I haven't tried it yet, but I, I hear it's pretty good. Well, that's one one thing of the with the
1: little engine, you know. It was, you know, always hurt my feelings. Right? We would sit there and try all <laughs> these different things with oil, try to make a couple more horsepower, and then when we went to the uh, the point seven millimeter, you know, diamond finish ring, you know, from the 043 ring, it's like 13 yeah. horsepower. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, it's you just like hurt, uh, hurt, hurt your feelings, right? It's like <clears> three <throat> or four horsepower from oil and there's 13 in the daggone piston ring. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, but that's probably where, you know, I really kind of really got my first experience of like, wow, there really is a lot to be gained in the piston ring deal. Just by say, yeah. going to the smaller ring and the different finishes and stuff,
2: you know the, the the gas ports and where we put them and how we put them, all that stuff. Once we got a good diamond ring in there, it, it, you could start moving them around and and make some improvement. Um, this new ring, I guess, Lake could tell you how it works. It, but it 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 looks like it's going to be even better, and I haven't run it yet, so. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that uh, next week. Actually, if we get back to work, so oh yeah, the gas ported rings would be
1: neat. Yeah, yeah, and
2: it, yeah, it, it, the gas ported rings uh, good. It should be real good. And I, you know, we're running rings that the size of oil rings. I mean, we're running rings at a million uh, at a millimeter, you know, and and smaller, seven tenths of a of a millimeter. And in back when we were racing. I think our our thinnest ring was a sixteenth, so that just that was worth. Honest to God, if you put that in a a little motor and tested it, and you went to the skinny ring, it'd probably be thirty. It's that much. Uh, yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It would be interesting if we ever ever had a time to take a little Oscar the Mule motor there and put like a sixteenth ring in yeah. it and see how much the thing back how much it would back up you know, just from yeah. having the 0. 0.7 millimeter ring in there. Yeah. and then when we when, yeah, when I all this stuff lifts and we can get back to it, you know, that's going to be the neat thing is yeah. to take the gas-ported ring and put the gas-ported ring in there in place of a gas-ported piston and see what it does because yeah. we know what that motor tells us. I mean, that motor doesn't yeah. vary.
2: You know, and if, there's, if yeah, it doesn't we'll,
1: anything, we're going to be able to know.
2: We're going to do that real soon, but, you know. Yep. With the technology, technology's improved everywhere. I mean, if you look at the rings and you look at the the oil pumps and and what we're doing, I I don't think anybody's made any horsepower with anything other than rings and and vacuum right now. I mean, uh, in the last year or two, we probably gained twenty horsepower just with rings and uh, vacuum, and you know that's a bunch when you're looking for five. So oh, exactly. I mean. You, I mean, these engines will—they'll make 950. I—I I would have never believed that because when I started building engines in '75, 450 was the norm. And,
1: um, and now you're double. Now that.
2: we're at double. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, the uh, Bob Williams has done a good job with his head, and uh, everybody can get them. So all the engines are pretty good anymore um of the the builders that we race with, anyhow um, there's there's really so much more that we can go I mean every time we look at the engine, we think of something else that that right now we're on rings, so that's where we are but um and the engine weight I mean we've got the engine weight down to three hundred and and fifty pounds again and um, when you think about what a, an iron engine weighed, uh, you can see why we got so dominating back in the seventies with a, a aluminum engine because we were so much lighter. So, oh, exactly. You know, it it was well, amazing.
1: Well, it's you know the previous episode of this, we had, I had Mark Cronquist on. You know, and he's doing that desert off road engine, which you know you have a yeah. big long history in the desert off road stuff, and uh, yeah. I don't know if I told you this the other day, but he, you know, Mark tried that total conform ring, you know, which is the one with the radio slots on the back, you know, yeah. uh, and he said it had a huge impact on reducing blow by and increasing vacuum. So that's something else you yeah. probably ought to look at, you know, at some point with the sprint car stuff is, you know, a total conform you know, diamond finish on the top to see what that does, <clears throat> you know. Just, yeah. Anything, yeah. You just keep keep trying, right? Get looking at different things.
2: Yeah yeah it it, that's all you can keep doing it you know now we we've gotten so sophisticated with the engines and the engines are so much um i mean there's so much money in them i mean a good engine sixty thousand dollars, and there's just a hundred ways to go with the weight and what we're doing with the engine but i think probably the next big gain is going to be in the rings and then we'll go back to the rocker gear but um it, it, it just never ends it's you're constantly doing stuff and there's a lot of builders now so it's real competitive i mean when i started building engines there was one other engine builder that was on our level and that was earl gertie and um he uh the thing they got him is we had an aluminum block and he didn't have an aluminum block so we were we had a bit of an advantage but there was only two engine builders i used to build the engines in pennsylvania and indiana i build them all over but now there's an engine builder in every state that's you know comparably as good as me or or gertie was you know so it's changing but you know the market is bigger and yeah very it's very very competitive there's only about three or four cars in in the world of outlaws that uh uh can uh, you know keep up with each other they're that you know and every every week you come to the track and some guy's done something that made it run better and then you got to go back and figure out how he did it it's it's competitive the the neat thing is to see like the chili bowl right how how big the chili bowl just
1: continues to grow you know how many cars are the chili bowl each year now and you got guys you know all kinds of cup guys you know it's with uh you know Casey Kane and Tony Stewart and Kyle Larson and you know Christopher Bell. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's not just dirt racers that are you know you got you know the best yeah. of the best coming from all over the world,
0: and they're all cheated yeah, up. It's, from what I understand, all those Chili Bowl cars are are cheated up somehow, which kind of makes it cool.
2: Yeah, I mean there there's no rules, so you can uh, do anything you want. So I mean, hell, there was a guy that. Went down in there. I'll, I'll never. Andy Bondio was his name, and he went in there. And he had a ski on the left front, <laughs> so you could do about <laughs> anything uh, with, that you want to do with the engine and the car. It's it's they're very very light, and you know they're already eight hundred pounds. I think these are probably in the seven hundreds. I may be wrong, but they're pretty light. Um, the sprint cars are a lot heavier, but you know, it's like Lake said, we got all these great drivers coming into the sport that, that the people come so the you know, it's, it's good for the world outlaws. It's good for, uh, Lake. It's good for me. It's good for all the other builders, you know, to keep competitive. And, you know, last year, we've kind of dominated for 10 years or so. And, and, uh, now last year, uh, uh, Rob Capetta, he, uh, He got in there and he's he's just as good as all of them again. So it makes it an interesting uh, scenario. And if you haven't been to a good world Outlaw race, it's amazing.
1: Ah, yeah. You go to Eldora or Knoxville. It just that's to me that's my favorite form of racing. And I'm you know I'm an NASCAR guy, right? And I race go karts and stuff, man. But God, I love watching the sprint cars race. You know, and I just. You know, it's been neat, you know, all the years of us working together and being able to follow Donnie and get to know Donnie's shots and and watch his career and see what they did and obviously when he joined up with Tony Stewart and of course Tony was still at Gibbs at the time and just being able to be like, you know, somewhat of a big racing family there it was, that was really neat to be really part yeah. of, uh, of all uh, that, real special times, you know
2: Yeah, yeah Tony was a he's been a large part of what we do the last 10 years, you know, because we work for him and, and he, he, he gives you a, he gives you an open, open wallet and you can go wild with it, you know, and, and uh, he expects results. And if we give him results, he just keeps it going, you know, it's quite a, quite a, it's a lot different than it was in 1975. Trust me. You know, we well, came like in said, there with I a two wheel trailer horsepower, right? And now you're at yeah, 900, we,
1: and...
2: Yeah. We had a two wheel trailer. We had one right rear and one engine. <laughs> one set of headers, so if you broke you you were sitting on the trailer. But uh it, nowadays you go in there they got a they got two or three cars put together and six engines under the bonnet ready to go and you know, it's it's changed. I can oh, remember way back when we, we, Bobby Allen, he he used to come to the racetrack. He didn't even have a right rear. (laughs) He he would get a right rear and he'd go racing, you know? And, uh, he, he, he was probably, he's probably one of the first and the last, uh, guy that was sprint car racing back then, you know, that knows knows what it's like to, uh, get to the track. You know, uh, nowadays the guys are a bit spoiled, but, uh, yeah, he, he's probably the last one that's still, you know, involved heavily. I'd say he and I and there's a guy named Ken Woodruff out in Oklahoma that I yep. worked for for years. He's real good. He's uh, he's quite a guy too, and he's he's still working on it. But you know, he's getting older. But he's he he was a big influence on my life. You know what he did for me, and he got me hooked up with uh, Spurlock and. And uh, the rest is history, you know. And, and uh, he and Tom Hunt were probably the two most uh, influential guys, you know. So, but there's so many things that we've done with the engine, you know. The oil pumps, you know, I, I put the oil pump on the front and then C.K. Spurlock made an oil pump. And and uh, the guy that I was walking by, a, a, I was at a boat race and I was walking by a boat and I noticed he had the oil pump on the back, you know, driving off the back of the cam. And I said, well, gosh, you know, why couldn't I do that on the front? So that's how that came about. Really? You uh, know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we did that, and Tommy Davis ran the. We built the first ones for us, and then he passed on, and the company's since changed hands. He's still going. But um, he built the first pumps, and then CK built the rest of them. And now we've got PRC and, um, you know, Barnes. I mean, we've got so many good pump manufacturers, it's crazy. But um, I know the Chris was, and those
1: guys at PRC, they, they, that's just the, the newest one, right, is the, is the one with the, the drop gear where basically you got more sections and it's more compact.
2: Isn't that right? Yeah, that's, yeah he built that. That was Paul Kistler's uh, idea, and uh, it worked real well. I don't know if he got even working yet. He was working on the weight. You know, he was a little worried about the weight. But Okay. Um, he said it ran it ran really good. Um, I think they had one at the trade show if I recall. But yeah, all of that stuff we made and the rear pump, the putting that back there, Carl, that was Carl Kinzer's deal. And that changed the way we did everything with the fuel. So, I mean, it's just, it's always, there's, there's a lot of, I guess what they're trying to say is there's a lot of ingenuity that goes out at sprint car racing that you don't see anywhere else, you know? You know, you go over to Modified or something, and they're, they've they all got the same thing. In um, uh, sprint car racing, you'll see different stuff. You know, when you've been doing it since 75, I don't know how many years that is, but you, you see a lot of different things. I've seen so many things, so... It's been a, well, it's, a very, well, think about very it. interesting road.
1: To go from 450 horsepower to 950, and then, you know, I'm sure what was, back in 1975, what was, you know, the highest RPM you'd typically see if you if you didn't have a problem back then?
2: Oh, God, 7,000 would be a big number. Now we're, what, 92, 93? Right. It depends on who's 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 uh the engine builder and what cam he's got this new ford project uh that we did with andy uh, durham it it opened a lot of windows and really taught us a lot what we can do with a chevy but it, it um that engine right out of the box the first engine that we built it made 940 so you know he since got it way up there so uh, we'll see how they run in the car. We haven't had that chance, but he did win he did win one in Florida on a big track, so I, I think mm-hmm. he's pretty good. So we'll see.
1: I am gonna say from you know seven thousand RPM to nine thousand RPM, it's not just two thousand RPM because every as that RPM goes up, all those valve crane forces, all the you know, the
2: the oh, dynamics
1: yeah. of everything, you know, they square. They don't it's not linear, you know. So working with guys like Billy and uh, Wayne and uh, Danny yeah. Jessel, you know, when you think about what you did, I'm sure it was like the valve train stuff enabled that higher RPM. Now you have that higher yeah. RPM. Now you're back to rings and pistons and things again because now your engine speed's so much higher
2: than you had before. You know, like you said, yeah. It's a cycle. Yeah, you yeah. know, Danny Jessel. <clears throat> He he was a pioneer and he's he's got all this stuff going the right direction for weight and you know, when you start looking at the valve jobs that we do, I mean, you know, I used to do a forty five and at three angles, now we got eight angles and a and a fifty five or a sixty seat and all that stuff creates problems, but it makes power. So we create the problem and then we figure out how to fix it then right? in mm-hmm. that case we chromium nitrite at the valve and that fixed it. And then, of course, the valves were going skinny, so they popped the, the ends off at the keeper groove. So we kind of come up with a, a new keeper and a new retainer, and that fixed that. It just—it's just a continuous battle. I mean, there's always R and D going on in sprint car racing, that nobody sees, um, and and a lot of the builders don't see what we're doing, um, because, you know, we're doing it at home, but they all get it eventually. And, um, uh, so if you get an advantage for a while, it's good to go. But uh, other than that, you're not going to get an advantage very long because these guys are pretty sharp, you know? So, oh, yeah, I said there's a lot of competition, a lot of guys working and a lot of guys working, you know, and, and you got new builders coming in and, you know, Ryder's a good builder and he, he, he just comes in and he, he you know, he, he gets you, gets you honest again. And, uh, get, get working on it. Uh, you know, it's just always something going on. And, and one of the reasons it goes on is because the outlaws haven't changed the rules. So if they change the rules, that screws everything up, but when they let you do what you've got to do to get it done, it makes it interesting, you know? And, and that's why you see all these track records being broken finally, because, you know, they cut the tire back, and then everybody figured out how to make the motors run with them. And now you're seeing track records everywhere you go. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty well, interesting sport. Um, as you know, you you're, you're there at the shop. I mean, you're always seeing something different. You know? Oh, exactly. Uh, always. Yeah. So. You know, and continuing to make
1: gains all the time. You know, I, I mean, like I said, you're. 950 horsepower now. And I remember when I first started coming around, it was, you know, mid 800 was a pretty daggum good number. You know, 870 was like, yeah. wow. You know, and then yeah. I remember the first 900 <clears> one, were like, whoa, holy, holy moly. You know, <laughs> 900 horsepower. Yeah. And Donnie goes to, to Knoxville and wins the Knoxville Nationals again.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. It's,
1: it's, yeah, to think 950 even
2: back then seemed crazy, but yet here we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, uh, I mean, he's so good in Knoxville. It usually takes something mechanical to, to knock him out of the fight. Like last year, we had a a distributor that didn't fit proper and come loose, and that ruined the first night. So we got it fixed, and of course, he was behind. But he's he's pretty phenomenal race car driver in there. I'll say that, and yeah, um, we have a good package there. So it's uh, yeah, it's a good place to go. Ron- I love Knoxville.
0: Ron, I've got a question for you, it's something that comes up from time to time. Uh, and you've been kind of touching on it, but I, I know that you and Lake work together a lot, whether it be on the oil and uh, and uh, innovation is something that we're all very interested in. And uh, there's the ideas that work, and then there's the ideas that don't work. Uh, and then maybe they'll work in the future, yeah. or maybe they started out not working, but then they ended up working. But do you have any interesting uh, angles on things that you thought might be a good idea and then turned out to not be like, you know, failure stories that are teachable moments.
2: Yeah, you know, we, I have a lot of them. I have to think about it, but, um, I had a, well, I had an idea to make a light piston and, um, I, I got too thin in the sections and, um, anyhow, it kept breaking. So we, we kept fixing it and banging it up. But by, by the time I got all done with it, I, which took about six months, I, I was right back where I was on the weight. So that was a little <laughs> bit embarrassing. So, but, um, so the piston manufacturers are really doing a good job, to answer your question. there. But I, I, did, I did try some stuff on my own. Um, you know, we, we tried some real skinny valves uh, that were hollow. And, you know, some guys have success with that, but we didn't have any success with it. So we went back. We, 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 always, we always have a place to revert back to. And in other words, where we are, it's working real good. So when I, when I leap out one way or another and do something, I can always get back pretty quick because I, I don't ever make a change that I, where I've got to rebuild a block or rebuild a head, you know. I always make it uh, something simple. Um, sometimes you get carried away and you get so far into it that you can't figure out what you did. And it, believe it or not, it doesn't sound like a big thing, but it's hard to get back to where you were if you change too much. So, um, for instance, we, we had a uh, a light rod that we were using and we decided not to use it anymore because we saw some some issues with a, with a rod. And so to do that, I had to take all the cranks and rebalance them. And and that, if you ever balance a Sonny Brian crank, it, it's, it's hard because <laughs> it's real, it's real hard. So it takes about three days to get it balanced. Right. With a lot of uh, help from him. and um, Then we had to put it back together, but I mean, we lost probably, you know, two months messing with that. And it just happens, you know, it's just stuff that happens. You know, we use premium parts, and sometimes we make the premium parts a little bit thin or something, and it goes away. That's probably the worst. uh, I I really haven't had any big problems in my career. I mean, we we broke everything like everybody else, but uh, we never really had uh, any major problems where I couldn't fix it, you know, and get going again.
1: Well, that's a, the thing you taught me, and I, obviously, Dino uh, Don. O'Don, you know, we. Well, I think one reason why we worked so well together doing the testing out there uh, was that we never would change more than one thing at a time. Yeah. Any time you did something, it's <clears> only <throat> one change at a time. Never change this, this, and this, and Because if you change more than one thing, you don't know what really helped or hurt. Right? One thing you could have done could have made. So, let's say you made three changes and it's up 10 horsepower well you don't know if it was maybe one of the changes was worth 20 and then you another one was minus 10 you know so you netted yeah. 10 but you don't you, you don't, you don't know so that was one thing that's always yeah. been great
2: is that yeah consistent. and one of the things too that that made it a little better for us as <clears throat> engine builders when you started checking the oil we could see what was in the oil and we could tell what was rubbing harder than the other and i yeah. told don to start watching that and and, you know, we, we actually found some things that way that were going to cause a trouble now, you know, down the road. So, you know, every time somebody does something new, it puts a piece of the puzzle together. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, you keep re- think you're reaching your limit with the engine, but, I you know, I don't know if there is a limit sometimes. Sometimes when you think, well, I can't do that, but then pretty soon you're at 9200 and and you hold it on for an hour and it, it runs at 9,200, doesn't hurt anything. You, you couldn't do that. And that's all because of things like the oil uh, checking and, and and all the tools that we have today compared to where we were 25 years ago. is insane. We're, I mean, our stuff is better built. It's better, it's more precision, and, and it all makes a difference. Oh, I'm you know, sure they you know, having we, that
1: the rim tank, right? I mean, you get that rim tank out back. I mean, what I mean, yeah, that just yeah, having the surface yeah.
2: finish, you know? what, yeah, what We we, that we rim all of, all our gears, and the Shaver Westmark gear drive is all rimmed, and uh, it's you know it's a great piece, and and it just keeps getting better, and and the story to that is <laughs> that's another story. But what happened is that that's a Summers gear drive, and Bob Summers died. He was a runner and he was running. He had a heart attack and died and no one could make it. And Bob call, Bob uh, Westfall called me up and said, we got to do something. We got no drives. So that's how we started making a gear drive. Dad had got on his uh, stuff and got it all done. And, and uh, now we make them in the house. But it, that's how the gear drive got better in and because the the real gear drive is the same gear drive they were using in nineteen fifty five. And uh, that's how that started. So, um you know, and now it it's 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 truly great. I mean we've we changed the gear material to ninety three ten and you know, from eighty six twenty and, and that quit breaking and you know, once in a while we knock a teeth off and now it's good. And um uh, just make it fit better and and when you got a custom block like a Donovan block you know and you make a change you can you can tell him and he can change his his machine and and he can go from there you know yeah um, yeah so, so for for it, people it, who it, are it, listening
1: that may not know what a rim what a when we say rim r e m
2: explain to them what yeah. what we mean by rim
1: a um, rimming is
2: a is a polishing process um it's a special fluid. It, it, the drum of it's 2,800 bucks. But what you do is you tumble it in a with a special stone, and we cut it. We call it the cutting mode, and we cut it. And then we the machine has a, a meter on it, and it switches over to the REM fluid, and the REM fluid helps polish it. That's how you get the the real high luster. And it's real hard to 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 damage 9310 that's heat treated or a gear, for instance, they're doing the rear end gears. Anything that's hard is ideal for a And it just makes the finish better. And it takes all the stress risers out and, and it makes a real good looking part too. And well yeah, that's do over the last last ten years, twelve years it's in it's real good. It works great. Um, yeah. It made our gear driver look a lot better and then what we did then is we started using lightning holes and doing all kinds of stuff like that because we could get all the uh, the uh, part deburred properly, you know. So, well,
1: exactly, like I say we, we make it smooth like that and to polish it, now you've got more load carrying here. You're not, yeah. you're, there's, you don't yeah. have these big peaks now, you got more wider flat. So, it's like doing push ups on your palms versus <clears throat> doing push up on your fingertips. You can only do. You know, a fraction of the amount of push-ups on your fingertips because the, the stress is so high yeah. versus doing you know, them on your <clears> palms. <throat> and that rim polishing, you know, does that. you know' it's yeah. no no different than the reason we do the diamond lapping on the piston rings. When you diamond yeah. lap the piston ring, it makes it smoother.
2: It feels better. <clears throat> yeah, I, you know,
1: it's just because it's flatter.
2: It, it is. It is good. You know that, it, that if you don't do that, the, the ring won't. It'll kill the piston. You know. So, yep. you know, there's there's several ways to kid skin the cat there, but that's one way, and the other way is to molly coat them. Uh, but that's a problem because there's only one company that can do it. So probably the way you're going about it is the best way. Um, I've been using total seal rings for almost as long as I've been in business, and you know, I used to think he was crazy when he cut that ring that thin, and now it's it's twice that then and it's still no problem. Um, and I can remember Joe, he, he would, he had a place back in New Jersey. I never visited, so I didn't know what it looked like, but he had some good stuff in there to test. So I sent stuff back in to test. And since then I bought all that stuff, but, um, yeah, he was quite a guy. He, he, he knew oh, yeah. what he was doing. And, um, well,
1: like I said, it's the change of materials, you know, just like on the gear drives, you know, you go from, yeah, you know, 8620 to 9310, you made a material improvement, and then you do the surface finish improvement, and now you can start doing things to lighten and do things like that because you got a better material that allows uh, you to do different things and, and make a better part. Um, you know, no different than what they did in the old days, they had cast iron rings and they had to cut them, and well, now you got, you know, tool steel rings. Yeah, you know, the material is so much yeah. better. You can get away with things that you couldn't get away with because the material is so much better.
2: Right. Right. It's just better material. And, and again, uh, time has taught the metal, the metal people how to make the metal better, you know, and there's less flaws in it. And I mean, everything is just better than it ever was. So, you know, we have some high tech companies coming into the industry and, and, uh it's it, it's it's going to be interesting in the next twenty years. So oh yeah, I I I don't see the horsepower. I mean, they're not gaining it like crazy, but you know, we gain twenty horsepower. That's a lot. If you gain ten horsepower a year, which doesn't sound out of reason anymore, at ten years that's a hundred. You know, so you're at a <laughs> thousand.
1: How they're going to hook <laughs> yeah. it up
2: in the race cars? Beyond me. <laughs> but you know the guys actually come in and and tell you the motor doesn't run and you you look at them like they're crazy. But um, you know I I remember Don we we built a new one and put it in and he come in and he said Jesus this thing don't run any better than the other one and um, I looked down and the spark plug wire had come loose and I uh, said it wasn't this he said yeah a little bit so I put that plug wire on there and I said go out again at Eldora. And, He went, uh, you know, 12-8 and came in and he was grinning. That's the only time I've ever (laughs) seen him grin. He doesn't (laughs) grin very often. He's real serious. No, he's poker-faced. He's very poker-faced. You're right. Yeah. So we we, uh, hit a home run there. But, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of things are going on, that's for sure.
0: Ron, this has been tremendous to hear you kind of just uh, you and Lake kind of just uh, back and forth on the uh, the ebb and flow and evolution of engine building for sprint cars. Uh, You know, Lake, any final thoughts for Ron before I uh, ask him to maybe give a little knowledge to the future engine builders or the people who are, you know, himself, uh, you know, 30, 40, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, Lake, any final questions for Ron?
1: Well, I don't really have a question. I have more of a just a uh, thank you, Ron, for taking your time, you know, to to do this. And thanks for your, your patience and your guidance with me. I'm standing here looking at my desk right now, a picture of me and you at uh, Buca de Beppo with your dad and everybody years ago to Christmas time. Just the friendship and, and everything. Uh-huh. And assistance you know along the way and thank you for sharing you know so much of your story with the listeners today they they think that we just appreciate it okay we appreciate you too link and uh, Ron, you know let's, it. let's. Uh, well,
0: we appreciate all of you guys for what you have done to elevate the sport that we love to the point that it is, uh, you know, various facets of motorsports, sprint cars, drag racing, stock cars, et cetera. It's, it takes everybody to, yeah. to grow it. But let <clears> me ask <throat> you this, uh, and this is how we conclude every episode of Hidden Horsepower. I'd like to assume that there is a young person that is maybe the next you out there who loves this, yeah. that's trying to devote their life to this. What kind of advice or wisdom would you give that person on how to be successful?
2: Well, I I would give him, a, I'd tell him what he'd do. I, I would, uh, I'd sit him down and I'd tell him what he needed to do. So, for instance, you know, take it one step at a time and don't try and get to the top right away. In other words, it takes a while to work your way up the ladder and, and get to the top, and I think probably the the best thing I could tell him is to just take it slow and uh have your ears open and your eyes open and and look at what the old guys are doing because they've been doing it a while and and you'll learn so i I actually learned that from my dad and it, you know i guys never listen to their dad but i I did watch him and and uh now that he's gone, I use all the things he taught me. So I think I would recommend that just take it slow and easy and don't get too far off base. In other words, if you see something that looks like it'll work, you know, look at it, but don't, don't put it into competition and and uh, damage your name, you know, um, keep, keep, keep your uh, head straight and, and uh, just move slowly. That'd be my biggest thing because everybody's in a hurry and, that's how you get in trouble, including me. I'll do it too. But, um, you, know, I, you know, the good guys that, that end up on top are the ones that took it slow. And, and uh, you know, you've got you to get thick skin. you got to have thick skin in the sport. Um, they're going to pick at you. Um, and you gotta, you got to learn to take it because the engine builder is the guy that gets picked on the most. So I think that's what I'd recommend.
0: Ron, thank you very much. Lake, final thoughts?
1: All right, just a lot of wisdom there, like you said. You know, I think that's – yeah, I think both Mark said it and Ron said it. You think you'd you'd matched – you'd reached the limit of what the engine can do, but you still keep finding things. You know, so if you have that kind of that humble approach, you just keep working on it and don't get too far afield of yourself and just keep chipping away at it. You know, Next thing you know, you look up and you're 10 years down the road and you didn't get 100 horsepower. You, but you didn't get it at once. You just got it bit by bit, piece by piece, just slow, steady, chipping away. You get there.
2: You yeah, know? that's that's true. That's so true.
0: And a metaphor for life uh, outside of engine building. Uh, Talking about saving money, talking about trying to be successful in any career. Ron, great job. Shaver Specialties Racing Engines, California, Lake Speed, barges in the door, changes things. Uh, We appreciate you guys sharing your story here on Hidden Horsepower. Ron, thank you so much. We really
2: appreciate it. Okay, thank you.
0: And there he goes, Ron Shaver. How about that, Lake? You guys, uh, it was one of those conversations where you could hear that so much history between the two of you and uh, some playful banter back and forth, but really a lot of information conveyed. Uh, Eight angle valve jobs. That's what I'm thinking about.
1: Uh, You know, so the funny thing is I was catching myself when we were talking. It's like, this is just like me and him going to Taco Tuesday, you know, At the end of the day, you know, know, I'm out there at the shop usually a week at a time just testing things. We'll line it up, like you said, and we'll come out and we'll just work, 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 work all week. And then we'll go out to dinner each night or whatever. And this is what we talked about. This is what we kind of do. We sit there and reminisce, talk about old times or talk about different ideas and things like that. It's, you know, so I'm sorry. We just probably just dominated the whole conversation. And it was (laughs) not sure if anybody else enjoyed that or not. But it was always fun, though.
0: Listen, they, they, they're all going to be different. And that's what makes Hidden Horsepower by Total Seal a must for subscribing and writing a review. We have had so many great guests and the personal relationships are, are the reason that they're going to be forthcoming with interesting information about things that work, things that didn't work, new technology, what's good, what's bad, easy stuff. And uh, I, I love what he said about advice to the next generation. Slow down. Right. It's uh, it's not something you hear on a regular basis, but, you know, take the time to to, to learn, to build confidence, to get stable and you know, make deliberate moves. I loved hearing that. And I also like that he said that, you know, kids don't listen to their dads and they don't, but they should. And uh, there's exactly. all all kinds of great advice uh, coming out of this. Like I think you did a great job, and I really appreciated being able to uh, check it out, be a fly on the wall in many ways uh, for hearing you two just having great conversation, given the circumstances, especially after you nearly killed the man.
1: Well, exactly, yeah, more than once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Lake, great job. Uh, any final final thoughts for our audience out there, engine builders, people with projects, people who are working to uh, to find a little hidden horsepower in their engine. If they have any questions, what should they do?
1: Well, they need to, to call us, right? You know, I, I'd be happy to hand the the throne back over to Keith and let him take it back over the you know, doing the co hosting job, which he's excellent at, because you know he is the the ring whisperer. You know, I call him that all the time. He's the guy that knows and. So if somebody's working on a project, they need to, you know, call us. Call the 800 number, you know, talk to Keith, Kevin, or Bobby, one of those guys. And obviously we have a lot of uh, resource now on our YouTube channel. So we'd love people to come, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, we're going to have more videos, you know, things like, you know, showing you how to properly measure ring groove depth, you know, to make sure you get the right fit because there's a little bit of hitting horsepower there by getting those, ring groove dimensions correct to having you know not too much clearance not too little clearance it's like going locks and the three bears you want it just right to get it to run the best it can so the youtube channel is going to be a great resource for a lot of that information that's available 24 7 that way and then you know during business hours in arizona pick up pick up the phone call a tech line talk to the guys that will help you out
0: Simple as that. Lake, thank you so much. It has been great having you on for three consecutive episodes here on Hidden Horsepower by Total Seal. Uh, Your first few, but certainly not your last. It's been a great time, and thank you for that. Thank you, Joe. He is Lake Speed Jr. I am Joe Costello. You can find me on Twitter at WFOJoe. And it is always a great honor to connect and hear some of the best engine builders in the business. For more information, you can hit TotalSeal.com or call 800-874-2753. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, write a review, Spotify, SoundCloud, or go to the YouTube channel. And never miss an episode of Hidden Horsepower by TotalSeal.